A few weeks ago, I was looking at a client's tax return right before they were getting ready to file it, and they had received a $30,000 bonus that they were not expecting. Interestingly, this bonus came, instead of coming on their W-2 and being withheld upon, it was paid out as a 1099 bonus. Some special rules passed by Congress this past year allowed us, in this instance, to save a portion of that income in a way that reduced his overall tax bill by almost $3,000 with one easy move. So today, I'm really excited to share with you more about the Solo 401k and why this is my favorite type of investment account. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's Justin Harvey. Thanks for tuning in to the Anesthesia and Pain Management Success Podcast. With APM Success, we take a close look at important topics pertaining to business, practice management, personal finance, and careers for anesthesiologists and pain management physicians. We work hard to take your critical questions straight to the experts. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to episode 93 of APM Success. Today's gonna be a solo episode tackling a topic that I'm hoping is gonna potentially save you some money on your 2020 taxes. Uh, And if not, something you can keep in your back pocket for the future. It's a really versatile, a really powerful, a really unique type of investment account that has characteristics all its own. And I'm perpetually surprised that this account is not more popular. And I'm gonna talk today about the Solo 401k, also known as the Individual 401k. Um, I frequently talk to CPAs for many of my clients who will recommend a different type of account called a SEP IRA. The SEP is inferior to the Solo 401k in almost every way, in my humble opinion. And let me also take this opportunity to say that all of the content following is just that. It's my opinion. It's here for your entertainment and informational purposes only. This is not advice. This is not any type of formal analysis that I'm presenting to you that you should enact. So please don't do anything financially or otherwise without consulting a personal CPA, CFP, investment advisor who understands your unique situation. So with that disclaimer out of the way, what is the Solo 401k? Why was I so excited when I saw this client situation when I could save them money right out of the gate? A Solo 401k is a one-person retirement plan, just like it sounds. Uh, At work, you have a solo or you have a 401k or a 403b set up by your employer this is the same type of account this type of account is one that allows you in conjunction with your employment to make contributions on either a pre-tax or a roth slash after-tax basis to save for the long run for retirement i want to take a minute and explain some of the benefits of the solo 401k and how it's a little bit different um The solo 401k is a specific type of account that applies to your self-employment income. So this could be a little bit of income from a side gig. This could be a more substantial amount of income from a locums engagement. Or this could be all of your income. Maybe you're a locums physician or you have a business that uh, the income generated is defined as self-employment income in its totality. So this type of account would allow you to save some amount pre-tax and thereby reducing your uh, income tax paid in the year that the contribution is made. Um, This is going to be a growing topic of interest because I was reading a little bit about Joe Biden's proposed tax policy the other day, and there's a lot of things that are still 
to be worked out. Um, corporate tax rates are going up and there's some talk of individual tax rates for high earners also going up. It's unclear at what thresholds. <laughs> the most startling headline I read was that Hawaii, <laughs> sorry for any uh, physicians residing in Hawaii, they're increasing potentially their state income tax rate to 16%. That's one six, <laughs> uh, which is still, it was approved by the state Senate the other day in a 24 to one margin, I believe. And it's now wending its way through the legislative process. But the point is, if you make $400,000 in Hawaii, almost 48 grand of that is gonna go to the state itself before you pay any social security, before you pay federal income tax. So the point is, Tax savings strategies are probably as important as they may ever be for you right now, and they're going to continue to potentially grow in their importance depending on this future tax policy. So that's one of the reasons that I like the Solo 401k. It gives you flexibility to reduce your taxes. Another reason, and this is more of a fringe benefit, is it allows you to facilitate the backdoor Roth IRA. So for high-income professionals, and this would be defined as if you're married, making having a modified adjusted gross income of somewhere in the low $200,000 range. If you make more than that, you can't put money into a Roth IRA directly. However, you can do this thing called the backdoor Roth IRA if you don't have money already in a traditional IRA. Some people out there, they have money in a traditional IRA and they want to do the backdoor, but they can't. One of the benefits of a solo 401k is you can open this up, roll any traditional IRA, a SEP IRA, a simple IRA, potentially, you can roll those into a 401k, a solo 401k specifically, and then you can start to do the backdoor Roth. So it can open up this avenue that may be otherwise not available to you. So a little bit about the individual 401k. How does it work? Who should be thinking about using it? As I mentioned, the 401k is a plan set up by your employer so in an individual 401k, this is when you are the employer. For example, an independent contractor, you're getting paid in 1099s, maybe a K-1 with certain types of active income. You would be eligible to use a, an individual 401k. A 401k in general is a type of plan, an employer retirement plan governed by this set of rules known colloquially as ERISA, which is an acronym E-R-I-S-A. It's the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974. So this was some legislation founded you know, back in the 70s that was the genesis of which was to protect participants in employer retirement plans, specifically with corporate pensions. There were some weird shenanigans going on. Things were not clear and transparent and Congress was trying to look out for the little guy and in so doing passed ERISA. ERISA has a lot of uh, requirements for how 401k plans are to be administered. There's a lot of rules, a lot of types of testing, non-discrimination testing as it's known to make sure that the employer who opens it doesn't really stack a bunch of money for the owners of the company to the detriment of what we'll call the rank and file employees. Um, this batch of laws also makes sure that funding happens appropriately, that people who need access to their accounts, to their investments, et cetera, can get that access. If you violate ERISA, that's a big problem. The Department of Labor is gonna come after you and you don't wanna mess with the DOL. The good news and why that relates to the individual 401k is that ERISA provides a lot more flexibility around this type of plan. So you don't need to worry about a big long list of rules necessarily. 
It's a shorter list. There are still some rules, but it's much easier to administer. And the rationale is, well, if it's a solo 401k and you're going to quote unquote, screw the little man or, or whatever, <laughs> or administer your plan improperly, the only, <laughs> the only person you're hurting is yourself. So you're incentivized to do this the right way. And so having said that, there are some rules, some things you need to be aware of, which I'm going to summarize, but you definitely should not try to, in my opinion, implement a solo 401k without qualified help, because there's definitely some things to look out for. Uh, your CPA at minimum is gonna be involved to help you calculate the amount of money that you're able to contribute and potentially a, a financial advisor or financial planner to you know, put the plan in place, maintain it, invest the assets, et cetera. One other thing that I really like about using an individual 401k is it forces you to think like an entrepreneur, like a consultant, like a business owner. And this mindset shift when you start thinking about how do I earn some money that I can put into an individual retirement account, or sorry, a, uh, an individual 401k, that is a shift, a mindset shift that can pay significant dividends, potentially in unexpected ways throughout the course of your life. So uh, there's two classes of physician that should definitely consider an individual 401k if you don't already have one. One is anybody who does locums work, meaning you're getting paid by a 1099 from an institution where you're doing you know, part-time locums medicine, and that 1099 income is self-employment income. It is unshielded from taxes in any way. There's also no withholdings. And there's also no retirement plan available to you with this hospital you might be working at because you're not an employee, you're an independent contractor. And so that income would be eligible for inclusion in a, an individual 401k contribution. The second type of physician circumstance that should consider an individual 401k is, this is particularly common in uh, the pain management space, when physicians have consulting arrangements where they're collaborating with industry to, uh, you know, complete studies, teach workshops, uh, provide their intellectual capital for the development of devices, treatments, etc. Whenever you get these 1099s from um, device companies, this is self-employment income. This is income that would qualify for inclusion in a, an individual 401k contribution. Here's a few things that I really like about the solo 401k or individual 401k, and then we'll get to a few case studies to try to help you kind of locate yourself in this story and see how this might apply to you. The first thing I like is that there are essentially no cost to open and fund an individual 401k. Uh, there are some companies that will open this account and perhaps charge you a nominal setup fee. Others will charge really no fee. It's the same as opening like a Roth IRA in their eyes. And so you can do it very affordably. Uh, another thing that I really like is it allows you to raise the ceiling, the maximum amount that you can save on a pre-tax basis. You're not subject to the traditional $19,500 limit. If, for example, I'm working at you know, one of the big anesthesia groups, I've got a 401k that I can participate in. The most I can save in that account is $19,000, $19,500 in calendar year 2021. That is the employee maximum deferral, uh, also known as an elective deferral. Now there's also built into this 401k plan at anesthesia management company, ABC, 
an employer contribution, which they could do a profit share, they can do other, um, have other mechanisms whereby they may be able to also contribute. The nice thing about a solo 401k is that although the employee portion, which that 19,500, you can only do that one time per tax year, no matter how many 401ks you participate in. So if hypothetically you worked for USAP and Envision at the same time as a W-2 anesthesiologist and you got paid $200,000 from each of those, you could only do 19,500 in total between the two 401k plans. However, there's a separate limit, a separate category of contribution, the employer contribution that applies on a per plan basis. Meaning if Envision and USAP in this example, both said, we want to contribute 3% of your contribution. We want to give it to you as a match. Both of them can do that. And the limits are much higher up to, I think it's $58,000. It's adjusted for inflation each year per plan, not per taxpayer. And this distinction is going to become relevant when it comes to the solo 401k. And here's why. If instead of working for Envision and USAP, you work for USAP and you do some locums work that is self-employment, when you're working for um, USAP, you can do the 19,500 into their 401k plan. When you do locums work, you're making another couple hundred grand, you can contribute the employer portion into an individual 401k based on your locums income. So it's going to be, and this calculation varies based on a few different factors, but for simplicity's sake, we'll call it 20% of your net income, um, net business income in this case. So if you have $200,000 that you make as a locums physician, 20% of that or $40,000 you can contribute into an individual 401k. So if we look at the big picture now, we've got 19,500 that you're contributing into your employee USAP income 401k, as well as $40,000 that you're contributing to the individual 401k. So 40 plus 19,5, that's $59,500. That is um, obviously more than the 19,5 that you could contribute at maximum as an employee, but because you're an employer in this instance of yourself, it does raise the ceiling. So that's one thing to be aware of. I wanna look at a couple other examples and case studies to sort of flesh out how this will work. And one other thing to note before I do that is there's no need for an LLC, for an S Corp, for any other entity. Um, I was talking to a client recently who's like, you know, I wanna do this solo 401k thing. I wanna get an LLC set up. I need an EIN, et cetera. And you can do that. And there are certain reasons depending on which state you live in or other um, factors that that could make sense, but you don't need an LLC. You don't need an S Corp. You don't need anything. You just need to be paid yourself as uh, self-employment income or consulting income from any other entity and be issued a 1099. Claim that on your Schedule C tax return. And then that will make you eligible to make contributions to open and fund a solo 401k. So I wanna look at a couple other case studies. These are some situations that I frequently run into. Um, number one, we've got perhaps a pain management doc who's making $400,000 of W-2 income with their practice. They're an employee with a practice. They get W-2 taxes withheld and they participate in that 401k. They max it out $19,500. They have an additional 
$150,000 of consulting income from teaching workshops, doing research, etc., collaborating with industry. This, this physician can do, in addition to the 19.5 with their employer plan, an additional 20% of quote unquote business income, also known as that self-employment consulting income, which if it's 150K, that means they can do another 30,000 to the solo 401k as the employer contribution. And I, I find that physicians frequently forget or just aren't aware that any self-employment income does raise the ceiling of potential pre-tax contribution. If, you're, if you have self-employment income and you have the ability to save based on cash flow, and you're not using a self-employment retirement plan, in this instance, an individual 401k, you're probably paying more in taxes than you need to. So you definitely need to investigate this further. Um, another instance, if we have, uh, and this is another case, it's a little bit of a different benefit, but I, I, I do run into this use case frequently, and I wanna just point it out. If we have, for example, a pain doctor in an academic setting perhaps has bounced around, to a few different institutions. You maybe have an old 401k and an old 403b, maybe from residency, maybe you've got a traditional IRA <laughs> that you rolled out an old 401k into a traditional IRA. You've got a lot of straggler accounts out there. Um, what a, an individual 401k in this instance would allow you to do is consolidate. Consolidate all these accounts. And in this specific instance, because this doctor has a traditional IRA, they're not eligible to do a backdoor Roth IRA contribution. But if we find a way for this doctor to, you know, do literally anything to get some 1099 income, do some like medical surveys or a little bit of locums or some other type of consulting arrangement, then you can open and fund this individual 401k. And when you do, you can take that old 401k, that old 403b, that old traditional IRA and roll them all in into this solo 401k. There's a couple benefits to this. Number one is it unlocks the ability to do the backdoor Roth because that traditional IRA that we had funded is no longer a problem because it's not there anymore. Another thing that this is helpful for is in reducing costs because if you've got a 401k at an old employer plan and another 403b at an old academic center employer plan, those plans have plan fees associated with them. So you're gonna be paying more fees on average than if you just had your own type of account, which doesn't have any fees in general baked into it. So this can be really helpful in um, feeding two birds with one scone, if you will. Another case I wanna look at, imagine you're an anesthesiologist, you're doing all locums anesthesia. Maybe you're doing part-time work, um, shift work, making, call it $200,000 a year. Um, this might be somebody who's doing a combination of traveling and you know doing locums to kind of cover your living expenses and save a little bit. You want to continue to save for retirement. Because you're self-employed, you basically have to create all of your own infrastructure as an employee slash employer. And maybe this person is using the SEP IRA because their CPA told them to, because CPAs love the SEP. <laughs> because in many cases, they just don't understand how the individual um, 401k is superior to it. So in this example, the SEP IRA maximum contribution is 20% of net business income. So if this anesthesiologist makes $200,000 a year, what that means is they can save $40,000 into a SEP. Now, there's a couple problems with this. Uh, number one, the SEP contribution is inferior to the individual 401k. It's a lower ceiling. 
And number two, this creates the same backdoor Roth problem. Once you have a SEP IRA, you can't do the backdoor Roth anymore. So in this instance, if you have income in the 200K range, you can use a solo 401K. This would allow them, now in this case, remember, I made this distinction between the employee and the employer contribution. For this case I just described, where the anesthesiologist is doing all locums work, they don't have a separate W-2 income floating around out there where they're doing an employer plan that they participate in. The only plan that they have is the plan that they create for themselves. As a result, there's two types of contributions they can make to this plan. They can do the employee contribution, also known as the elective deferral, up to 19500 that's then going to reduce their 200k down to 180,500 and then that lower number that 180 we can then apply the 20% of net business income to that number to get additional savings capacity so we get the 19,500 and then an additional 36,000 as the employer contribution for a total savings amount of 55,500 now i'm just using round numbers so my math might be a little bit off here but the point is, a solo 401k allows for 55000 of tax reduction savings, whereas a SEP IRA only allows for 40000 of tax reduction savings. So we're probably, we could be talking about, you know, a $5,000 tax differential just because of using a different type of investment account. Um, that can be really big savings. So again, there's many other specific case studies in which I find unique uses for the solo 401k. Um, definitely something to be aware of. Before wrapping up here, I want to give you a couple uh, things to look out for that you want to make sure that you be careful to mind these rules. Like I said, there's not a million rules like there is for a, a normal 401k program, but there are some rules by which you need to abide. The first is that you need to set up a plan by the end of the year in which you want to make a contribution. So for example, if you want to make a contribution based on 2020 uh, income, you need to have the plan open by December 31st, 2020, in order to be able to offset that income. However, this is one big caveat that uh, with some of the um, legislation that Congress passed before the end of the year, they actually extended the deadline this one year only to the new tax deadline. Meaning, if you made money in 2020, some of it was self-employment income, you're thinking, holy cow, I love the idea of an individual 401k. I want to save some money in it right now based on 2020 income. You can still do it. You have a bit of a window through March 17th, or I'm sorry, May 17th of 2021. So another month from the date of this recording. Another month to open an individual 401k and fund it with some amount of money and that will reduce your tax income for taxable income for 2020. Going forward, generally you've got to open it in the tax year by the end of the calendar year. And I will point out, this is one area, in, in fact, I think it's the only area that I'm aware of where the SEP IRA is better than the solo 401k because the SEP, you can open up to the tax deadline, April 15th. The solo 401k, you've got to open by December 31st. So if you don't realize until March that you had some self-employment income, you want to make some savings on it, then you can open a SEP. You can fund the SEP. That does create the backdoor Roth problem that I mentioned, but what you can also do is then open a solo 401k, as long as you're still going to continue to have self-employment income, open the solo 401k at the same time, fund the SEP, roll the SEP into the solo 401k, and then use the solo 401k 
ongoing. So that can be a little workaround. Another thing to be aware of is if you're using an individual 401k, there's a balance above which you need to do an extra regulatory filing. That balance is a quarter million dollars, so 250,000. If you have an individual 401k with more than $250,000, then in the eyes of the Department of Labor, you're sort of getting called up to the big leagues. You have sufficient assets that they want to be aware of you and they want to regulate you a little more closely. Now, it's not a big deal, but you do need to fill out this form called the 5500. What that is, is it's a regulatory disclosure required under ERISA to the Department of Labor that says, here's the plan, here's the name of the plan, you know, the John Smith MD individual 401k plan. Here's the number of participants. Here's the amount of money in the plan. Here's the amount of money that's been rolled, etc. So that it's an administrative disclosure that has to happen every year. It's not a big deal, but it is something that needs to happen. You need to make your CPA aware of that, and then you need to file that every year that your balance is in excess of that quarter million. Uh, another thing to be aware of is you can't do this if you have employees. Now there is an exception for spouses. If it's you and your spouse in the same business, you can have a solo 401k for each of you and make these contributions. But if you are a physician with a practice and you've got an NP and two MAs, you can't just open a solo 401k and contribute to it for yourself and not give access to it to other uh, employees. The Department of Labor doesn't like that for obvious reasons. You've got to look out for your employees too. And so you have to have a more, what I'll call a traditional 401k setup. Uh, another thing to be aware of is if you're thinking, oh man, I've got a traditional IRA and I hate it because I can't uh, do the backdoor Roth right now because I have a balance. And you're thinking, I can open a solo 401k. That can be the answer. You want to make sure that the solo 401k that you open allows for roll-ins, which is when you take that traditional IRA and you roll it into the solo 401k, that your plan allows that. Um, each custodian is going to handle this a little differently, whether you open it at TD Ameritrade or Fidelity or Vanguard or E-Trade. Not every one of these custodians and the plan docs that they provide, they don't all handle that the same. So I do most of my individual 401k work at TD Ameritrade. On the institutional platform, they do allow for this, and it may be the same on the retail side. Fidelity, Vanguard, E-Trade, I know that there is more, um, I'll call it diversity of perspective on this, and not all the plan docs allow for roll-ins. So if that's something that's really important to you, you wanna make sure you're aware of that. I hope this has been helpful. This is a somewhat technical topic. There's a lot of numbers. <laughs> I tried to use as many stories as possible to illustrate why the solo 401k is for me my very favorite investment account. So if you have any other questions or you're interested in learning more, you can shoot me an email. Um, send it to the advisory side, justin at apm-wealth.com. would be glad to hear more about your situation and see if I can help illuminate anything for you. Uh, as always, thanks for your time and attention. I don't take for granted that you take time out of your busy day. You dedicate attention to this show and listen to me ramble on for 30 minutes about some kind of technical topic. Um, thank you very much for tuning in, and I look forward to speaking with you next week. If you liked what you heard this week, head on over to apmsuccess.com, where you can find more content and free resources to help you build a successful career in anesthesia and pain management. If you wanted to leave a review in iTunes, I'd also really appreciate it. Thanks for using some of your valuable time to join me today on APM Success.